This is Leveraging the Laboratory, a curated podcast for administrators, outreach managers, and laboratory professionals. I'm your host, Jane Hermanson. I'm the outreach manager at Mayo Clinic. Joining me today are Brianne Newton and Ellen Dykman-Dulkis, Mayo Clinic Laboratories Outreach Solution Strategists. The focus of today's discussion is related to outreach career logistics. And I'm going to start with a story from my past experience. I remember having a conversation with a hospital executive about laboratory outreach. And I said, there's a ton of physicians in your community. All you have to do is go out and serve them. And the executive kind of gave me the hand. He said, Jane, oh, he said, it's just too hard. Logistics are just too hard. And my response back was, you know what, if you could do heart surgery in this hospital, I'm pretty sure you can manage a logistics department also. So let's talk about how easy logistics can be or how easy it can't be, what's happening around the country and some of the thoughts that our staff have on making it easier and effective for our clients and their patients. So I think that I'd like to start with Brianne. Brianne, maybe you can tell us how most hospital labs are moving specimens around today. Sure. Oh, absolutely. It depends. It depends on the situation. Sometimes it depends on their geographic location, what's available in the market. But we're fortunate enough to see several different varieties. So I'd love to share them with you. The first one that jumps to mind is when there is a system in place at the hospital or at the health system level. And it's the means by which pharmacy does their deliveries, laundry, mail, everybody jumps in the van and and sends stuff. And lab piggybacks on that. Now its effectiveness is sometimes debated. Is this the best way to go? Is it not? So I'd love to run through the pros and cons, just kind of, you know, bat them around and see how, how they settle. But it's definitely effective as a way to get started because it's already in place. So some of the good things is the lab department is not footing the bill for the vehicles, for the fuel, for the insurance, for the staff. Downside, the people transporting the specimens are going to pick up and drop off at the same time every day. And so that limits the flexibility of the outreach program to respond to stat requests, to be able to respond to a growing network of customers. If you have somebody that's just outside the courier route, sorry, (laughs) you're out of luck. Something to think about if that's an option that you're considering. I want to just Jump share, in. Do it, share an experience that I had <laughs> because there was a group that I worked with who had their courier activity was owned by the security department oh, mm-hmm. and the security at the hospital. Their first priority was getting those bags of money from the cash collections, getting that dropped off at the bank and managing mm-hmm. the payroll checks. That was their main priority. And they were strapped with guns and (laughs) armor. And here they would come, they they would make a little stop along for a lab pickup at the same time as they were doing their bank drop off. And it was a rather intimidating sight to see this hospital security guard coming into the locations, wondering if trouble's going to break out. Not the warm and fuzzy. Yeah. No, got to be aware of the, the optics, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not somebody that may have the warm approachability you're hoping for to be the face of your organization or your outreach program, right? A customer focus, not so <laughs> yes. much. Yes, yes, absolutely. So to piggyback off what Jane is saying is in utilizing the hospital courier system is that you don't have control over that interaction. You don't have control over the expectations that the customer service interactions 
that the couriers are going to have with your customers. So that's a big deal and something that you would definitely want to think about. Maybe lastly, a good point to consider would be the people transporting the specimens may not get all of the training necessary to handle laboratory specimens, whether that's a really good understanding of what it is that they're transporting, how to handle infectious or biohazardous things appropriately for the state that you're located in, all the rules and regulations that come with that. For example, Jay and I also have one of those stories, not the warm fuzzy security guard, but at a previous organization that I was with, we had to utilize security to transport specimens in certain situations. One of those, and I feel it was because of a lack of understanding and a lack of training with the specimens. One situation was a bone marrow specimen was collected at a customer client's location and was gonna be transported back to the main lab, didn't make it there. So we started digging in and investigating and it was left in the back of the van, rolling around with everything else that falls out of baskets and bins and things. Well, and the entire scheme of the world, did it shut down? No. For that patient, for that family, absolutely. And then having to have those recollected and my staff having to be the ones to call the patient and their family that, by the way, you're going to have your specimen recollected by a nine inch needle. Let's go through that process again. It really caused us pause in our leadership to say, you know what, we can't continue this way anymore. This isn't going to work for us. But it is a great way using the hospital courier to transport supplies to transport communications, to do some things that is a regular, non-immediate type of service. So it's not completely to be written off, but definitely to be used with complete understanding of what you're getting into, <laughs> if that so, makes any sense. Yeah. So, so here I, I have to kind of a follow-up question. So you talked about hauling uh, supplies, mail, mm -hmm. communication, other things. Are there ways maybe to do this better as a combined service rather than having discrete departments hauling their own stuff. And I think we've yeah. uh, we've seen people where one lab courier is holding the door for the pharmacy courier or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it, and it can be. And that's one of the next types of arrangements for courier services is where the laboratory owns it. The laboratory manages it. But that's something you want to be careful of, Jane, and you brought up a good point. You don't want to duplicate services. So I'm curious in dealing with clients, how would you suggest avoiding that or is it a matter of just a prearranged agreement? So what I've seen some groups do, it's kind of cool. They'll actually say, hey, since we're there most and we need to have the most flexibility in our service to the customers, why don't you let us own the courier interaction? So we'll haul your mail, we'll haul your pharmacy, we'll haul the supplies to a certain level, and then we'll own that piece. And then all we ask is that you pay us for the percentage of staff and the mileage in the cars that we're using. So right. to actually have a centralized service, and I've seen this done very well in a number of organizations. Yeah, and you're right. So lab is going to be there the most. We're the ones that are the most time sensitive. So why not let laboratory spearhead sort of what that's going to look like? That's a great point. I mentioned the second arrangement or type that we've seen amongst our customers is where the lab owns the courier logistics, at least for lab services. This is the arrangement or the situation that would allow the laboratory the most control over several aspects of this. The first one is the vetting and the hiring of the candidates themselves. You actually get to interview and select the people that are going to represent your lab to your customers. So if having that option and that hand in the pot is important to you, then this, this may be the way that you want to set it up. 
Another one would be the training that they received. So not only the biohazardous and the things that we were mentioning earlier as far from a safety aspect, but also the customer service expectations. This is how we want you to greet our customers. This is how we want you to handle maybe complaints that are punted your way. This is how we want you to, to handle yourself on a day-to-day -day basis and the physical handling of the specimens. So you have so much hands-on with your employees when this arrangement is set up this way. Downside is you're also footing the bill for all of it as well. <laughs> so we encourage our customers for those that have courier services is that you do want to consider whether current state or future state to have a tracking software option. So one that really helps keep an eye on the drivers when they're out and about on their routes in case an unexpected need comes up, as well as specimen tracking, actual scanning the bags and where are they helps so much in investigations and things like that. That needs to be something that would come out of your laboratory as well. So good and bad, <laughs> and there's many to both, but being able to handle and manage and, and oversee your specimens from collection to drop off through testing to result delivery can mean so much in the continuum of that customer service expectation and interaction. The last thing that on, on this one would be you need to have someone overseeing this and that ne doesn't necessarily need to be the lab director or the outreach manager they're doing so much someone needs to be watching this service and so keep that in mind it, it may be somebody with this type of experience or somebody that can shadow or, or gain some knowledge and some expertise in this but it does need to have someone to oversee this for your laboratory speaking of experts in this there are third-party vendor options who do this all the time for a living day in and day out and ellen i know that you came from somewhere that had a fantastic relationship with a third-party vendor you guys vetted them out and they performed beautifully i would love to hear about that i want to hear some of the things you thought about when you were thinking about interviewing if that's how it went you know what made you think this is who we need to partner with for our outreach program Oh, well, thanks for inviting me to the party, you guys. Yes. <laughs> Happy to talk about third-party couriers. And, you know, really it's about uh, working smarter, not harder. And it really is having the right partner to move specimens and really paying the man. So I uh, used to oversee in my previous role, be the intermediary between the organization and a third-party vendor. And we used to have a mom and pop vendor and everybody knew them, you know, they were in our community and they would go and pick up specimens, but they didn't have the solutions you talked about, electronic uh, solutions. And so it was all paper tracking and that kind of thing. But it, as the outreach program grew, we really recognized that we needed to also expand the vendor of our courier services to meet the need. The organization as a whole vetted the courier. And so they were there was a piece that was moving supplies with supply chain, a piece that was moving pharmacy, drugs. But what we worked on uh, at that organization was having a dedicated laboratory courier and really let the third-party courier be the fleet manager. And that doesn't just mean you write a check and let them do the work. It's really important to have the laboratory develop the expectations with that vendor so that we set them up to be successful because really the customer shouldn't know that they're contracted. They really do represent you. The third-party courier would do the background checks 
and do all the biohazard training. They manage the sick calls and the vacation, knowing that the roots still need to be picked up. And many of the time, the bosses uh, would go and pick up specimens if they couldn't find staff. Staff, as you know, is, is pretty tough for everybody. But they also manage the automobile maintenance. They had Priuses, actually, when they started picking up our specimens. And the pitch of the Prius car got really hot during the day. And that vendor was such a good partner. They put in some reflective window treatment so that the specimens remained cool. So that was a really good partnership. They decide whether to lease their cars or purchase them. And they have big vans for the big runs and they have smaller efficient Priuses for those longer runs. So it really is a, is a good steward of resources. But really the goal is setting clear expectations for the vendor. So meet with the courier, even if it's a mom and pop or an established courier, meet with them to set the expectations. Now, some couriers, I think Jane mentioned, you know, they're delivering mail or they're delivering this. They don't know what specimens require. You know, you need a frozen specimen that's picked up at a doctor's office to be delivered frozen and not melted in between. And so the third-party vendor that we were most successful with had their drivers bring all three coolers for all three temperatures ambient refrigerated and frozen into every client. Some clients, they use a, a small container to go in and out of practices and then put them in larger containers. So again, it's setting expectations for that. They had specimen tracking so that if you know that a client is picking up or has 10 specimens to send to you, you receive 10 specimens back. And that's real important so that you don't leave specimens in the car like that bone marrow, uh, Brienne, that you talked about. Yeah. It's important to know that a courier can't show up too early because the customer isn't ready for it. And then they can't show up too late because what happens? I don't know about you, but you know, couriers may go to 10 or 15 stops in a day. And if they're late at each one, then by the time they arrive in your lab, the second shift is sitting there looking at their clock because they're ready to go home. And maybe you don't have registration support because the timing is all wrong. The other thing, is when I started with this brand new company, we went from a mom and pop to a, a large third-party vendor. I met with all the drivers and I did an education that they weren't delivering widgets. It was tied to patients. The drivers here, when a specimen was compromised, you know, oh, this was a kid or this, you know, try to tie it to a patient's story. Also talked with them about where they park. Not often the handicap parking, you can always get in and out of, it seems, but you know, if the brand of their company is on that car or your company, is the hospital, then they do take pictures and would send pictures of the drivers in a handicap space. Building access, you know, the offices close at five o'clock, but how do they get into the building to pick up those specimens? They're not employees of the organization, so it's real important to meet and give them security badges or badge access. And then really to have them provide uh, reliable metrics. So part of the laboratory's quality management plan, we had an item on the plan that talked about the courier service and what was their on-time performance, how many lost specimens, how many compromised specimens, how many times did they go to a client and there was no pickup. And really it's education for the client to maybe call you or call the customer service area to say, hey, we're not going to have a pickup today. And so it's really trying to have the outreach team be integral to that so that it's seamless for the customer. You also want to work with the drivers so that if there's a weather delay, they communicate that to their leadership 
traffic delays, courier accidents. We had one courier in northern New Hampshire went off the road and into the river. You want to make sure that the driver, number one, is safe, but you also want to communicate uh, that those specimens didn't arrive back to the client. And that's why having an outreach team that's integral to that relationship is so important. One other benefit to using a larger system is that they may have clients like Boston. I'm close to Boston. And I was able for $15, get a specimen from Northern New Hampshire to Boston because the courier had a system in place through multi-states that I could easily tap into. Whereas you have your homegrown lab-owned courier, you won't have that reach. So that's another benefit with a third party. Again, it's having the right partner. And really, as you grow, really look at your courier needs because it's all in getting the specimen to you. Yeah, I know that's huge, Alan. And thank you for really highlighting how it is a contracted service, but so much more than that, that it really is a partnership on their part of the step-to-step day-to-day of taking care of that patient. You know, for lack of a better description, is they're just as involved as your testing personnel, as your collection personnel. It's so much more than that. And so, you know, when you're talking about educating them, how to get in the building, how to handle X, Y, Z, so much a part of the team of getting that patient better well at home. <laughs> yeah, and I would just their family. when I meet with a client, I would always go over, you know, how's it going with the courier? Because equally, you know, as you're a conduit for the driver, you're also a conduit for the client mm-hmm. and then with operations. So you really are the ultimate middle person to tie the customer, the client and the vendor all together to yeah. have a seamless way to move specimens. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen, I wanted to share with you, I've seen an interesting use of a third party vendor and that was with a new outreach program. So it was an, in an area where they would contract with a third-party courier while they were standing up their outreach program so that it was one huge facet they didn't have to deal with because it was something they had less experience in. And so if, if that was taken care of by experts who would learn and grow with them, then they could stand up the rest of the program and get it off the ground and get it going, get your hiring, get your training, get your customer base, get your sales folks set up. And so then as that program matured, then they would hand that off to then forming an internal courier service, kind of ending that relationship with the third party or just using them under certain circumstances and then moving that the logistics to an internal arm of the outreach program. So kind of a different twist on how to use that, but there are combinations. And so I think amongst all of our clients, we've probably all seen different versions of the same elephant, but when you have a combination of a hospital lab owned courier service, and then a third party you might get lots and twists and turns on the same idea. So one I wanted to share with you guys is a hospital that used their own employed couriers for routines. So they had the day-to-day pickups, the expected number of stops, and it was something that, that their customers could count on for stats and outlying areas. But the unexpected one-offs, that's where they would use and call on their third party partners. And those would be the ones that way it's one dedicated pickup. It's from point A back to the lab, you know, there wasn't any, any offshoots or any other directions heading back. So it was very direct in getting the specimen back. So that's one version of something that I've seen. <laughs> so Ellen, have you seen any other combinations using a third party and any of your clients that might be helpful for the listeners? Well, I think really using a contracted courier, they are got a set schedule and I would always do drive alongs with the courier to see where the pickups are oh. and what some of the mm-hmm. logistics are. One of the things with having a contracted courier and a dedicated route is they're not very nimble for stats. So I've seen hospital labs, even some of the outreach team locally would go and pick up stats. I've seen other people use 
stat services primarily just in their area, not really part of the larger vendor experience with the third-party vendor. So, I mean, I don't want to say taxis, but some people are using taxis and, you know, that's probably not very good training with biohazard and whatnot, but really driving along with the drivers and understanding what the routes are, then you can better manage what the exceptions are due to, say, Mm -hmm. stats. Janie, do you got anything to add to that? As you guys have said, many, many variations on the theme, but one that I saw that worked very, very well is that they used local courier for the routine work and then even the stats locally. And then they contracted for the outside regional work because it was a little bit further distance and that other courier was already going, or they actually contracted with their pathology group. And I thought that was interesting because that pathology group was hitting Mm -hmm. those those other clients already. So I think that as many different combinations as you can fit in, there's no wrong way to do it because as long as you're getting the specimens in the door in time to be tested, you're providing great service. That's the main goal. Hopefully our listeners today have learned a little bit about some of the different options. But what I would say is please understand that the role of the courier is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Their role is to maintain specimen integrity get that specimen into the laboratory because as Ellen said and Brianne said every specimen is a patient the courier is a really important partner for us in our outreach programs they're the face of the laboratory they are they are our eyes they're our ears they're our smile they represent us and when you think about the whole link in the chain of serving a customer after phlebotomy it's the next link in that chain it's a critical link and those couriers they need our support just as much as we need theirs so i really want to thank both of you today for your thoughts on couriers and logistics and you have some tremendous experience and i hope that our listeners gain some experience as well want to mention that mayo clinic laboratories offers hazardous goods training We hope you have a chance to take a look at that as well. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, everybody. We've been rounding with the Mayo Clinic Laboratories Outreach Team. Thank you for joining us today. We invite you to share your thoughts and questions via email. Please direct any suggestions to mcloutreach at mayo.edu and reference this podcast. If you've enjoyed this Leveraging the Laboratory podcast, please subscribe. And until our next time together, we encourage you to continue to promote your community-based hospital laboratory. The needs of the patient come first. Thank you.